Welcome to Kingdom Light Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. Welcome again today. Wow, it's so good to have you. I'm so excited about the scriptures and about the sermon this morning. And if you haven't followed us, we've been busy with a sermon series um, called Perspective. Perspective. If you've missed it, don't worry. I'm going to give you a bit of a backdrop. But you can actually go back and actually go and listen to every sermon on our YouTube channel. Or you can go and listen to it on, um, on our SoundCloud and all the audio. So you can listen to it in your car and your, when you, um, wherever you are. If you have the SoundCloud app, you're welcome to go and listen to it. So as I said, we've been busy with a series called Perspective. And for those of you who haven't been with us for the first three weeks, I'm going to do a quick look back about, uh, well, a look back on the main themes of, of every sermon that we've done. Now, the word perspective, the word perspective actually comes from the Latin word that means to look through. To look through. You'll see our image. It looks through a lens. And, and, and it actually, we, we asked a question through this sermon series that through what perspective do you look at life? No matter what challenges you're facing, no matter how joyful your life are, no matter how sad moments you face, you all, in every of the moments, you look through a lens of perspective through your life. What perspective are you looking through at this moment in your life? You see, as believers, the Word of God and our relationship with the Father need to constantly clarify our perspective in life. Did you know that? It actually do. So the more you dive into the Word, the more you pursue relationship with the Father, the more God will clarify your perspective on life. Now, through this series, we've been looking at the book of Philippians. Now, we've gone through Philippians 1, Sermon 1, Philippians 2, Sermon 2, Philippians 3, Sermon 3, and, and today we're going to look at Philippians 4. But before I'm going to do that, I'm going to give you a bit of a backdrop of what, what, what was this book all about. Now, the most important thing that we need to know is that Paul actually wrote this letter to the Philippian church, the people of Philippi. Now, he planted this church about 52 years after Christ, and he lived with these guys for two to three years. And, and it, it turned out that he really got so close to them. He loved them as family. He really, really, really loved them. Now, um, he wrote this letter about 10 years after he planted a church, after he spent two, three years at the church. He couldn't stay there because he was a missionary. He wanted to plant more churches, reach more people, spread the gospel. That's, that's what we know about Paul. But about 10 years after he planted this church, he wrote this letter. And the letter he wrote was because the church in Philippi sent him a generous gift. A gift that took him so back that he, that he wrote this heartfelt, loving letter to them. Now, if you look at a main theme through this book and you take a golden thread and you pull it through the book of Philippians, it comes down to one word and it is the word joy. Joy. How much joy do you have in your life? Paul had some joy and he wrote from a place of joy in his heart. He wrote this letter. But, but let me give you a bit of a new perspective on this book. Paul wrote this heartfelt loving letter. The main theme about this book is joy. But, but not a lot of us realize that this letter that Paul wrote, he wrote out of a Roman prison, awaiting execution. You see, <laughs> he, was, he wrote this out of jail and he was chained to a Roman soldier. Not a great place to be at. Now, now through this letter that Paul wrote, we see that if we change our perspective in the middle of a trial, Sorry, let me, let me rephrase. 
Now, three years later, Paul wrote, we see that if we change our perspective in the middle of a trial, how God can give us joy no matter what the circumstances. You see, if we change your perspective in the middle of a trial, God can change the sadness into joy. Just like Paul. Just like he's showing us in the middle of the book. Now today, I'm going to look at Philippians 4. And I want you to turn your Bibles there. I'm going to look at Philippians 4 and I'm reading out of the NIV. The scriptures will be here and you can follow that. Now the title of my sermon today, are you writing down? The title of my sermon today is A Different Perspective on Worry. A Different Perspective on Worry. Now let's begin with a simple question. How many of you often worry? How many of you often worry? Uh, maybe I can say, put your hand up. Now, some of you probably won't, won't put your hand up because you're worried about what other people will think about you. You see, all of us worry. It's one of the things in life that, that I've never met a person in life that do not worry. Now, there's an amazing guy and a, a guy that I look up a lot and uh, I read a lot of his books. And his name is Craig Cushall. And he actually wrote a book called Soul Detox. And in this book, he gave true principles about worry. And if you're writing down brilliant principles, listen to this. Number one, he said, what you fear most, reveal what you value the most. What you fear most will determine what you value the most. Now, let me give you an example. See, I worry about my kids' safety. Why? <laughs> because I value my kids. I value my family. Or maybe you worry that you're not going to get married one day. <laughs> why? Because you value relationships and marriage. That's why you fear it. That's what he means. Now, now, the second principle actually goes from the first principle. Listen to the second principle. It says, what you fear most reveals where you trust God the least. You see, what you fear most will reveal where you trust God the least in your life. Now, for me, <laughs> this is actually the most important part about fear in our lives. It is. Now, why do I say that? Because it creates a window for a spiritual issue to come into your life. You see, fear is always the, the open window, the open door to stuff to come into your life. They say more than 80% of sicknesses in the world is fear related. So fear opens so much in our lives. It actually shows us where we distrust God the most. Now, one other guy, someone defined worry as, as follows, he says, it is distrusting the promises and power of God. Isn't that powerful? He says, he actually goes further, he says, it's the sin of distrusting um, the promises and power of God. It's actually a sin. Now, now see, if you think about it for a while, you realize that every time you worry, every time I've worried, I, I never brought God into the picture. You see, because we're so focused on the worry and about the emotions that we're facing that we never bring God's, God into that picture. It's quite amazing. Now, let's be honest this morning. You see, all of us, at some point of our life, in our day, in our month, in our weeks, we worry. We just worry. And we worry about the economy and we worry about the stability of our jobs. We worry about our relationships, our kids. We worry about our health. And nowadays, in the last week, we worry um, when will be the first time we will have a, a glass of wine again. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. We worry about stuff. Now, when I was still running, 
Now, for those of you who don't know me, I was a professional runner for about 10 years and, and God really blessed me with amazing talent and I really enjoyed it. And so I was a professional runner for a long time. When I was still running, I really struggled with worry, to be honest. I mean, I always worried before training. <laughs> I thought, will this be an easy or a tough, tough exercise? Will I suffer or not? I always worried about something, but when you get to the, to the races, um, it got more serious. You know, I was seriously worried if I would do well or not. What would the crowd or my friends who came to watch me think about me? Or, or even worse, what would my coach say if I mess up? What would my coach say if I mess up? <laughs> Have you been there? Come on, man. It is, it is, it, I mean, we worry. And I really struggled with this in my life. I really struggled with this in my life that, that I got worried. Now, one, one day I realized, as I was thinking, I realized that, man, every time I worry, I actually don't do well. I mess up. I struggle. And every time I go into a race or a training nonchalant and I don't really worry, I actually do better. I actually do good. And it actually brought me to a place where it changed my perspective in that moment that I knew that if I worry, I do bad. And if I coast into this thing, I actually do better. And so for me, I actually created a quote that I, that I spoke to myself. I started saying to myself the following. He said, <laughs> I said, Henny, you will never be as tired in a race as you've been, as, as tired as you've been in training. Because I've always worked hard in training, very hard. And I, I knew that I will never be as tired in a race as I've been in training. And it actually changed my perspective to so, such a degree that I never worried before a race anymore. Because I would never die, I would never this, I would be as tired, my dad as tired as in training. And I had to work at this, I had to daily work at this, remind myself of the new perspective of a worry. And it changed my running career totally. Now, looking at Philippians 4, Paul gives us one important key thought. I want you to write this down because there's one important key thought in Philippians 4 and it's the following. It says, worry is a matter of perspective. Worry is all a matter of perspective. For example, let me give you a good example. I grew up in Potchefstroom. And some of you maybe are watching from Potchefstroom. You will know exactly what I'm talking about. But in Potchefstroom or maybe in Joburg, in Highfield, we have severe thunderstorms. Oh, seriously th severe thunderstorms. I mean, I would wake up at night sometimes with, thunder th with the thunder crashing down and, and you would wake up and it would be hectic and the rain would be pouring. Now, for me personally, I love thunderstorms. It actually calmed me down. It still calms me down. I can't wait for the thunder. When I wake up at night and there's thunder and lightning, and I mean, I just go back to sleep like a puppy. I love that. But, but, but one day... I actually had friends who came to visit from Cape Town to Potch, or I think they were from Dublin, I can't remember, but they, they came from a place where they didn't know thunderstorms at all. And at night, it was a severe thunderstorm, the lightning was crashing down, it was, it was blitzing and flashing, and it was crazy, and they freaked out. They thought, this is the end of the world, the, the, Jesus is coming. <laughs> I had so much fun with them, I mean, I, I, mean, I don't even want to go into it. But about... A couple of years ago, five years ago, we moved to Cape Town. And when we moved to Cape Town, the first night we stayed in Stellenbosch in our house, there was a severe, a massive windstorm 
came in over the coast. There was a cold front coming in. It was the 1st of June. And actually, I mean, I was so scared. Me and Salome, we thought our roof is going to blow off. We thought, okay, this is the end. <laughs> the same thing. My own medicine back to me right there. You see, we worry in, see, what we worry about in life is just a matter of perspective. See, when I was in Poch, my perspective was like thunderstorms are awesome. I love it. For people who don't know it, they've got different perspective. So what we worry about in life is just a matter of perspective. What is your perspective on life? It's a good question to ask. Now, if there's anyone of you, or if there's anyone that really had a reason to worry, that was Paul. You see, Paul the Apostle, when he was writing this letter, he really had a reason to worry. Why? Because he was chained to a Roman soldier 24-7. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, for months along, he was chained to a Roman soldier in a Roman prison. And why? He was waiting execution. He was awaiting. Every day, he could be, no, it's like, listen, today is the day you're going to be headed. Today is the day you, you're going to die. And as he was writing this letter, he had every right. He had a license. If anybody had a license to worry, Paul had it. Because he was waiting to be killed. Waiting to be executed. Have, I mean, none of us has been in that position. And, and I think when you're in that position, you fear. <laughs> there's worry. There's stress. But Paul had a different perspective on who God was in his life. He had a different perspective than most people had. See, he was the one who said, Nothing can separate me from the love of God. No trouble, no hardship, no persecution, no famine, no sword. No, nothing, nothing, nothing can separate me from God. You see, he had just had a different perspective in that moment. Sitting in jail, showing us how a perspective change can change the, the focus of your life. You see, Paul had seen the faithfulness of God through more life tragedies than anyone could ever imagine. Anyone. You see, he was shipwrecked and he, he should have died. He had been bitten again and again and again by snakes, poisonous snakes. He was persecuted. He was whipped. He was stoned to death, literally, a couple, two times, I think, and he was risen from the dead. Isn't that amazing? He was imprisoned again and again. But yet, what did he do? He saw the faithfulness of God in every one of those moments. Now, because of, of what he experienced, you remember service, uh, sermon 1 and 2? Ex because of what he experienced, he said, Hey, you really don't have to worry. I've been through all these things and it still didn't have an effect on me. I believe in the faithfulness of God. Now let's dive into Philippians 4. And in verse 4 and 5, I'm reading from an NIV. You can follow with me. It says the following, and he starts with a word that is incredible. He says, rejoice. Rejoice. Maybe you can look at someone next to you or, or, or say to yourself, rejoice. Listen to what he says. Rejoice in the Lord always. He says, I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. The Lord is near. Now when we see, when we see the Lord as Paul has seen God, He shows us that we don't have to worry. We don't, if we look from Paul's perspective, we really don't have to worry. You see, so many of us think that worry is a way of life. 
It's just a way of life. And some of us have softened this word worry that says, hey, listen, I'm not, I'm not worried. I'm just concerned. <laughs> I mean, don't fool yourself. Worry is worry. You see, if we know the Lord the way that Paul knew God, we really don't have to worry. We really don't have to worry. And I'm going to show you two things. Two things that Paul took out of this um, and, and showed the Philippian church out of Philippians 4. So if you're taking notes, number one, we're just going to look at two points, two very important points, principles that, that he showed, uh, showed them through this scripture. Principle number one, are you ready? We don't have to worry about what will happen when we know who is in charge. We do not have to worry about what will happen when we know who is in charge. You see, in other words, I don't have to worry about the how when we have the who. Okay, we don't have to worry about the how when we have the who. Now, let me explain this to you. When I started riding mountain bike, I love riding mountain bike. We, we're in such a great place. But I started riding mountain bike when I was still in Poch. Flat places, we, I mean, we rode all over. I just love it, love it today. But when I was started riding, I knew nothing about the mechanics of mountain bike. I knew where the chain goes and, and how to, where I need to pedal and ride. And, and I, I was actually, I, was, I started out as actually quite a good biker, and, but I didn't know about the mechanics of the bike. So a lot of times I got a mechanical way, like a long way from home. Something broke and bike didn't want to work and I had to walk back. Getting to the shop the next day and the mechanic says, oh no, it's actually just a little small thing. You could have just fixed this right there on the trail and you could have rode back home. And I thought, oh man, so many times. Then after a while, I started riding with a group of guys. And, um, and one of the guys actually was a very good friend today still. He was actually a very good, still is, an amazing mechanic. He knows the mechanic mechanisms of bike. He know, knows every little detail, when, when what to fix. And, and, and what, whenever we rode, and something will go wrong, I mean, two minutes, and he would fix it. Two minutes. And immediately my perspective changed. I mean, I would go berserk on my bike. I would take the biggest jumps. I mean, go around the curbs. I mean, just crazy. Why? Because I didn't worry about the how, because I had the who with me. The guy who could fix it. And then, see, my perspective changed to such a degree from how will I fix this to who I was riding with. You see, it's, it's quite a perspective change. It's a good principle. Now, Paul actually says this much better in Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. You know this so well. It's such a, such a well-known piece of scripture. I love this. Probably one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. It says the following. Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7 in the NIV. It says, Do not be anxious about anything. Have you ever been anxious about anything? We all have. He says, do not be anxious about anything. Says a man who's in jail, waiting execution. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Present your request. Bring your, 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 your needs to God. Don't worry about it. Just bring it to God. Then he says, and the peace, then what, look what happens. It's amazing. He says, then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. That means that it's a peace that no man can understand. Why? Because it's a godly peace. Then he says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Man, this is such a powerful scripture. This, I mean, you can do 
two sermons, three sermons out of just this little two verses. Now for some of us today, and some of you today, this scripture is all you need. It's just all you need in a moment where we are in now. I mean, why? Because stress and worry is beating you up. You are struggling through a couple of things that you know that, how am I going to get through this? How am I going to get through this? Have you ever asked that question? I have. All of us have. You see, God is saying this to us today. He's saying this to you today, that, that you shouldn't be worrying about the how when you have the who in your lives. See, we just need Him to step in. We need to trust Him to step in. See, when I'm riding with my friend who has the mechanicals, when something goes wrong and I don't trust him that he can fix it, I wouldn't let him fix it. But when, we, when I trust him, I don't worry about the how because I've got the who who can fix, who can sort it out. And I don't have to worry. Now, so what we need to do is we need to trust in God. We need to trust in the Lord. Now, I've got a, some illustration that I want to show you. We need to trust in the Lord. Tell yourself, I need to trust in the Lord. Now, this is my illustration. This is the Lord. I know it's cheesy, but this is my, this is Lord. So, so whenever you come in your life and you say, I trust God for my family. I really trust God for my family. I trust God for my kids. I need to trust them. But I'm worried. I'm worried that what will happen to them when I go to school? What will happen to my family when I drive alone? What? You see, we need to give them to the Lord. We need to give them to the Lord. But, but then you come and say, Henny, but, but what about my money? What about my, my money? It's like, I want to, so see, you need to, I want to I wanna bring my money. I want to give my tithe to the Lord. I want to give my money to the Lord. But see, some of us give it to the Lord. And then after a while, it's like, oh, okay, Lord, you're taking too long. I'm taking it back. See, don't do that. It says, pray about everything. Give it to the Lord and then pray about everything. Or maybe you come and you said, Henny, but... I'm struggling. How about my job? I, I'm worried about job security at the moment. How about my, I, mean, I don't know if I've got security in my job or not. But see, God says, give it to the Lord. Paul says, don't be anxious about anything, but by prayer and supplication, bring your request to God. Say, Lord, I don't want to worry about this. I'm going to give my job, my work, my business to you. Or maybe now more than ever, we worry about our health. Right now, in this pandemic, in this moment, Lord, I'm worrying about my health. You know, this week, I had a scare. I had started getting headaches and I started feeling nauseous. And I, I really started worrying. And as soon as I got myself, I started being anxious. And I knew, but listen, I'm preaching about this stuff today. And I needed to give it to the Lord. You see, I needed to give my health and nothing was wrong. It was just stress and neck pain and <laughs> no corona. But I had to give my health to the Lord. And said, Father, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. I'm not going to be anxious about anything. But I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to trust you to give this to you. Now, you see, we pray about everything when we give it to Lord. We need to give it to God and then pray about it. And we need to give it to the Lord. And then when we gave it to God, what happens? We don't worry about it anymore. When you, so, so many of us give it to God, but we still worry about our money. We still worry about our kids. We still worry about our health. But I gave it to the Lord. No, no. When you give it to God, when you give it to the Lord, that means that you stop worrying and you give it to Him. Why? 
Why? Because he's got it. He's got it. But the Lord has got your stuff. He's got your issues. He has your money, your family, your health, your job. God has got it. The Lord is in control. Now, if we want to worry, if you want to worry, maybe you say, I want to worry. This is what happens. You see, you have to come and you have to say, okay, Lord, I'm gonna, I'm, I want to worry. I want to worry about my job. So I'm going to take this back because you, it seems like you're not doing anything. I don't think I can trust you because it's been two years and I haven't got a promotion. And I'm going to take my job back and I'm going to do this myself. You see, that's what happens when we want to worry. But instead, we need to say, Lord, I want to give this to you. I don't want to worry anymore. I want to give it because I know you have it. You have it. You see, some of us need to make, a, 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 make, make us a God box where we can put our worries in. And I know there's some psychological methods that you can put a box and if you worry about something, write it down, put it in a box. And then every Wednesday you open all this stuff. And then by Wednesday you realize, oh, I never should have worried about this. It's done. Never. It never actually came, came to, to anything. So some of us need to make a mind box just in the spirit and say, Lord, I'm going to give this to you today. I'm going to give these things that really worry me. I'm going to give it to you. And I'm going to leave it with you. And I'm going to trust you. You see... Maybe what I do not say today, I want you to, 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 to get this today. What I'm not saying is saying that don't do anything. I'm not saying don't do anything. I'm saying if you actually can do something, then do something. It's great. When I can protect my kids, I can protect them. When I can save some money, I can. When I'm in my health, when I can wear my mask, I wear my mask. I wash my hands. I do something. But when you came to a point where you cannot do anything anymore, then you trust God. Then you trust the Lord. Now there's a saying that says, I will do what I can do. And then trust God to do what I cannot do. Did you hear that? It's a good saying. It's a good quote to have. I can do what I can do. But then I will trust God to do what I cannot do. It's a good saying. I think you should write that down. You see, if I can do something, I'll do it. I'm going to trust God and do that thing. And God gave me the ability to do certain things. But if it's something you cannot do anything about, if you can't do anything about it, don't worry. Just give it to the Lord. Give it to God. He is a pro at handling things in your life. Now, let's do exercise quickly this morning. I want you to play along. The exercise is, I'm going to name something and you're going to tell me if you can do something about it or not. That's easy enough. Are you ready? And if we can't do anything about it, what are we going to do? We're going to give it to the Lord. Okay, number one. Say, can we ensure that we will never have any financial hiccups in life? No. So what are we going to do with our finances? We're just going to give it to the Lord, no matter what hiccup comes. We're going to present our request to God and we're going to give it to Him. And we're going to give it to Him. Or maybe we can say, can we protect our kids from all the dangers of this world? Not always. I can protect my kids. Oh, yes. But not from everything. I can't protect them when they're at school, when they're there, when they do this, and when they grow up. I mean, I mean we can't protect them always. So what we do is we pray about everything. We bring our request to God. We say, Lord, you, you are the who, who can do the how. I'm going to trust you. 
So I'm going to give it to you, Father. Or maybe you can say, can I control, can you control the future? It's a good question. Can you? No, we can't. We can't control the future. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow in January this year. We don't know what we're going to face right now. So we cannot control the future. Well, you know what we can do? We, we, could not, we, we can keep ourselves from being anxious. We can bring our request to God. And we can say, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. See, like the scripture says, he says, present your request to God. And then he will give you the peace that surpasses all understanding. And then it guards your heart and your mind. It's so amazing. Now, can we change anything of these things? No, we can't. But can God change anything by His power? <laughs> yes, He can. He's a God who is so powerful, He can change anything in life. He created the heavens and earth. Heavens and earth. He created you. And, and He knows exactly how to steer you clear from every issue, every problem in your life. So if there's something that you're worried about today, just say, hey, I'm not going to worry about this. I'm going to present my request to God. I'm going to bring it to Him. I'm going to pray about everything and trust God. Amen? I mean, see, it's, it, it's, it's, a, it's a perspective change that Paul had. It's all about changing your perspective. And see, when you bring your request to God, when you bring your request to the Lord, look what happened. Paul says something amazing happens. He says something amazing happens. Look, he gives us peace. And not just peace, normal peace that we know. He gives us peace that surpasses all understanding. That no human man, no human brain can think, how is this peace possible? I remember when I was in situations when I was, when I was in, in, in ministry and when I got married and people said to me, Henny, in this situation, I would be stressed. How don't, why don't you look stressed or worried? I said, well, it's because God said that I don't have to be anxious. I can bring my request to Him and then He will give me peace that surpasses all understanding that will guard my heart and my mind. And I could really experience, and maybe you, some of you can testify to that, that you can experience how God guard your heart and your mind. It is so amazing. Now, see, as I said, it's actually really a matter of perspective. Now, so many of us, when a challenge arises, we immediately jump to a worst-case scenario. How many of you have done that? I mean, I've been there. I mean, I remember when, when we slept here for the first time in this house and this windstorm and this cold front came over and the wind blew. I mean, I've never heard a wind like that before. I thought we we're going to lose our roof. I thought, where are we going to hide? Where are we going to run when the roof goes? I mean, I immediately went worst case scenario. How many of you have done that before? Yes, I know. I'm not the, I know I'm not the only one. Now, when me and Salome was married, I remember that um, then she was quite scared about noises around the house when we got married and then like two o'clock in the morning she would wake me up and say hey there's something around the house and I would go out with a flashlight and a, and a golf club and I would try to get the thief you know and then it was the neighbor's cat or or something happened and then later on I was just like ah oh, don't worry man it's just something just go back to sleep and she actually grew grew in it and she's there's no no more anymore she just um She's not scared. She's not worried because she gave it to the Lord. Now, there's actually a story about a husband and wife who got married and the wife had this intense fear that there's going to be a burglar in their house during the night. And for years and years and years, this continued and continued. And about one night, the husband woke up and he heard this noise in the house. 
And he thought, well, let me go and check it out. So he walk, walked downstairs and, and he came in and there he was, the burglar. And he said, oh, good evening. It's so good to finally meet you. Listen, you need to meet my wife. She has been waiting to meet you for more than 10 years. Just come up quickly. <laughs> now we laugh and we think it's a joke, but that is exactly what we do. We create a worst case scenario in our lives whenever we worry about something. Now look what Paul says. Paul continue in verse 8 and 9 in Philippians 4. He continue with this. He says, Then finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, or the other word says of good report, it says, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Anything. Can you think of praiseworthy things? of excellent things, of noble, of true. Can you think about those things? You see, Paul says, think about those things. Think about such things. That's what he says. Now, Paul says, when anything bad or miserable or, or worse happened to you and the sad news comes, he didn't say, think about the sad stuff. Don't think about the corona now that the corona said, just think, just only things think about. No, no. He said, Whenever those things come, change your perspective and think of the good things. Think of the good things. You see, remember, Paul sat in a prison, chained to a Roman soldier, waiting execution. And he said, think about the good things. Not about the things you're facing. Change your perspective. Then look at this, verse 9, Philippians 4. It says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me, or seen in me, put it into practice. And then last bit, he says, and the God of peace will be what? Will be with you. The God of peace will be with you. Isn't that so amazing? See, we don't have to worry about what's going to happen if we know who is in charge. If we know God is in charge in our lives. Now there's um, another amazing thing that a lot of people worry about today. A lot of us really worry about what we have or about where am I in life? What is my status in life? Come on. Now, I, <coughs> sorry, I really struggled with this one. After God called me into full-time ministry, um, I had a full-time running career and I had a master's degree in sports science and, and I did, and I mean, God, uh, I had did Bible school for three years and I went into full-time ministry. But this thing I really struggled with. See, I would go to, the, to my friends that I studied with and I looked at their houses and what they've accumulated and how they could buy this and that. And they halfway through their bonds. And I mean, and every time I leave there, I feel so worthless. I feel like a failure. And why? Because I didn't own anything. I didn't own anything and I was almost 40 and I thought, oh, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this in life? I'm, I'm actually getting behind. I should have started my, my pension fund 10 years ago. I needed to do this. Now, every time I think about these things, I think about my status and where I should have been at this age. I thought, how am I going to do this? And for a long time in ministry, I always felt dissatisfied in my status as a man and a husband. 
You see, I would say, I don't own a house and I'm almost 35, I'm almost 40 and what am I going to do? And I don't own a good car and I'm going to do this, I can't afford this. And, and see, without me knowing it, I became discontented in life. And it led, it led me to a place of being very dissatisfied of what God has gave, gave me, what God has given me already. Now, until one day, God had to deal with that thing in my heart. And it was quite a tough moment to, to deal with that. To come to a place that, that, that I said, after that moment, I said, Lord, I don't care anymore if I would ever own a house in my life. And we would love to. But I didn't care anymore. Because what did I? I gave it to the Lord. I gave that worry to the Lord and said, Lord, I know. You know the desires of my heart. You know every one of them. And I'm going to give it to you. And as soon as I gave it to Him, I stopped worrying. I stopped worrying. You see, this is the reason why I stopped worrying. Because I realized that there was something much more significant, that some, somebody in my life that brought much more significance than a house or a car. That God gave me significance in my life. So, it brings us to the second principle that Paul is given in this Philippians 4, in the book of Philippians 4. I hope you're enjoying it so far. It says the following. Are you writing down? It says, principle number two. It says, you don't have to worry about what you have when you know who truly satisfies. <laughs> you don't have to worry about what you have when you know who truly satisfies your life. Now let me finish with one of the most amazing spiritual secrets that Paul lived by. Verse 10 and 11, Philippians 4, verse 10 and 11, it says, listen to, here he goes again, I greatly, re or I rejoice greatly, you use the word rejoice again, I rejoice greatly in the Lord, that at last you renewed your concern for me, uh, because of the gift I given him. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it because I didn't know where Paul was. And then it says, I am not saying this because I am in need. I'm not saying this because I'm in need. But it says, for I have learned to be content. Say content. I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Man, this is such an awesome, beautiful thing. Did you know that something, this is something God taught Paul? To be content. Now if you look at a human being like us today. We are not created to be normally content. We naturally discontent. Because of the sinful nature we are birthed into. But God changes our perspective. As we get to know him. As we get the word in our lives. As Paul got to know God. God changed his perspective. And, and therefore he became content. He learned the secret of being content. Listen to verse 12 and 13. It says, I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. See, he had much, he had little. Then he says, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And then he says, verse 13, everybody quotes this. Everybody thinks, yes, I've got muscles, I'm going to be strong. But this is not what it... Paul speaks verse, um, Philippians 4 verse 13 out of a place of contentment of trusting God. He says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. 
You see, we misquote the scripture so many times that it comes from a place of being content because I've changed my perspective on life. No matter what situation I'm in, I can do all things through Christ who give me strength. See, Paul learned the secret of being content. He learned that secret, one of the best kept secrets in the Bible. Then Paul only saw the secret. Why? He only saw the secret because he aligned his perspective with God. You see, we've all got perspectives in life, but we need to align our perspective to God's word, to a relationship with the Father, so that the Father can clarify our perspective on a daily basis as we mature, as we grow in our relationship with the Father. You see, why do, I, why do we change our perspective? Because we, we didn't focus, Paul, Paul's perspective changed because he didn't focus on what he had or, or what he needed. Or what he wanted. He saw and realized the power in worshiping the one who truly satisfies. Let me just get a drink. You see, Paul saw and realized the power of being content and being aligned with the perspective of the one who truly satisfies. That was Paul's perspective. You see, it was just a different perspective. It's all a matter of a different perspective perspective see we don't have to worry because our life is hidden in Christ our life is hidden in him he will meet all our needs he's the Lord of all and we and when we get to that place where we know that he's Lord of all of our life all of our stuff is with the Lord all of our things we get to find that it is not about us it is all about him it is all about him now, we've, we've given everything to the Lord today. Maybe you've given some stuff to the Lord today. As I've been preaching and, and praying and, and, and speaking, you've been giving some things to the Lord. But, but how about, what about the me? What about the me in my life? What about me? You know, we, do I need to give myself? Now listen, as I finish with two scriptures. Psalm 37 Verse 3 and 4. It says the following. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord. And He will give you what? He will give you the desires of your heart. He will give you the desires. Trust yourself in the Lord. And He will give you the desires of your heart. Don't worry about the desires. Just trust Lord. Put your worry in Him. Place your, not put your worry in, put your, your the, the things that you, that you feel, um, the, the things that's very dear to you, place that in God. And as you put your delight in Him, He will give you the delight of your heart. Listen to Psalm 118 verse 8 to 9. It says, It is better to take refuge in the Lord. Refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. Then he says, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. You see, we are hidden in the Lord. If we are hidden in the Lord, guess what? Guess what? We don't have to worry about the how when we have the who. We don't have to worry about how in life, how I'm going to do this, how I'm going to reach this, how I'm going to own a house, how I'm going to own a car, how I'm going to be married. How I'm gonna... No, no, we don't have to worry about the how because we gave it to the Lord. 
Because we have the who. We don't have to worry about what we have because we have the one who truly satisfies. See, we are truly satisfied in Christ as we place ourselves in a place where we trust Him fully, when we trust Him fully. So today, I want to challenge you. I want to, I want to encourage you to whatever you're carrying in your life that concerns you, that worries you, that stresses you up. You know exactly what I'm talking about. All of us worry about something in our lives. And I want you to give that to the Lord. And we are going to give it to Him as I'm praying today. And I'm going to trust God with you this morning as we pray that every bit of thing in your life that's been worrying you, that's been stressing you out, that's been giving you headaches and, and been keeping you awake at night, we are going to give it to the Lord. You see, when we give it to the Lord, it's His. He's got it. I'm not going to pick out every day something that I want to be worried about. No, no. We gave it to God. We gave it to Him. And when we give it to Him, we bring our request to Him. We, we pray about everything. And we know that God is in control. And He is, I mean, He is, He, he delights in you. And He's going to give you the delight of your heart. Will you pray with me today? And I want to pray and trust God that, that every bit of worry in your life will be settled today. And, and yes, there's going to be new things. And there's going to be stuff that's still going to worry you. But we're going to give it to the Lord and we're going to get a God box in our lives. And I, I'm going to give it to God. Every time a worry comes in, I'm going to give it to Him. I'm going to trust Him that He has it. I'm going to take my delight in Him. I'm going to, I'm going to trust in the Lord and, and, and leave it there. And really know that, that the who, who can sort out the how is in my life. I just need to step out and reach out and trust Him. Is it right? Let's trust Him today. And I want you to take hands wherever you are. Maybe put your hand on your heart. And let's trust God that He will settle the worries in your life. You worry that you're going to get COVID-19 or get sick. Let's settle that today. That God is in control. Give it to Him. Give it to Him. And He will truly satisfy you this today. Let's pray together. Father, we thank You. I want to pray for each and everyone who's watching this live stream, who's watching with me now, who's been touched by the word today. Father, I pray that we will give you our worries today. Father, I pray that you will come in and change our perspective about what we worry about. That we will have a different perspective on worry, like Paul sitting in a Roman prison, not worried because his perspective is on God, the God who knows and can sort us out. He has got us. He's got us. He, he knows exactly where we're going in life. And Father, I pray that, that you will settle every emotion today. You will settle every fear today in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, that we are not bowing our knee to the world or issues or the enemy. We're bowing our knee to the God of all, all heavens and earth, the God who created us. And then come to a place where Paul said, to live is Christ and to die is gain. To come to a place where we are such a so that we are so committed in our relationship with you that we don't worry because we've given our worry to you, Father. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. For more detail, visit www.klcstalenbosch.co.za.